looking for is empty vessels. Amen. He don't need our abilities. He don't need our resumes of what we have done or what we can do, but he just needs our emptiness. Amen. And he can, he can still take the things that are a base and make them great. He can still take the high things and make them low because he's God. Amen. And amen. I'm thankful tonight to be a part of his great plan of redemption. Amen. God bless you, Brother El. Sure good to see you all this evening. Sure good to see everyone here in the house of God. Everyone that's able to be here tonight. I know the devil's upset, uh, sending sickness around and things, but we're happy tonight, amen, because we've got the victory, amen, over, over the devil, over sickness, over sin, over everything. We've got the victory tonight. And I was reading today, the prophet of God said we are his victory. So, amen, I was just studying the other day and praying, and I got to reading where the prophet of God said we are his victory. And I don't know what just struck me. If anybody the devil fight, it'll be this bride. Amen. Because she's been identified as the victory of Jesus Christ. And we greet you all this evening in the name of the Lord. We sure count it an honor and a privilege to be here with you all. And want to bring you greetings from our pastor, Brother Sean Martin. The saints there at home at Faith Tabernacle send their greetings to you as well. And sure appreciate Brother Tim and the friendship and the invitation to be here tonight and speak to you. And appreciate this assembly and what you stand for, the message of the hour. And I'm sure glad to have my wife here. And I think last time we was here, uh, little Malachi was on his way, but he's here. And we're sure thankful to have them with us this evening. And I told somebody the other day, I said, if you hadn't seen him yet, just hold on a few minutes and you'll hear him. Because he enjoys church, amen. And I believe we enjoy the presence of the Lord. Let's just bow our hearts together this evening. And let's ask the Lord to come. And how many has a need upon your heart? Something you need the Lord to do for you tonight, amen. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's here tonight to meet that need. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we gather here on this Wednesday afternoon, Lord, we're very well aware that we're not in this building by ourselves. But, Lord, there's a host of unseen angels, Lord, that have lined the walls of this building. Father, before your children go to war, you send angels into the midst of the camp, Lord. And Father, I'm reminded of your prophet when he stood there that night in the Houston Coliseum. And, Lord, he said there was hundreds of angels in the building, Lord. Father, I believe those same angels are right here in this building tonight. I believe there's an anointing upon this assembly, Father, by this word. And Lord, as we gather here tonight, we've not come to be seen. We've not come to be heard. 
But Lord, we have come here for one motive and one objective, and that is to lift up the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every sickness has to bow, every disease, every flesh-eating disease, every, every infection in the body has to bow to the name of Jesus. Every, every blood condition, everything has to bow, Lord. Every demon of habits and strongholds, Lord, has to bow at your name. So, Lord, we lift up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Come, take your preeminence among us tonight, God. May you be the welcome one among us. May you be the unseen guest. But, Father, Lord, we're asking you, don't, don't just remain the unseen guest. But, Lord, help us to get ourselves out of the way so we can see you, Lord. Help me to move myself aside as the speaker, Lord. May you anoint me to get myself out of the way. But may you anoint the hearers as well, Lord, to move themselves out of the way. And, Lord, whatever is accomplished here tonight, we'll be sure to stand back and to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For it's due your wonderful name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers says, Amen. Amen. And amen. If you have your Bibles this evening while you're standing with us, we want to turn uh, to the book of Luke, the 19th chapter. The book of Luke, the 19th chapter. I think I saw Brother Abraham back there. God bless you, buddy. Amen. A, a camp, camp friend of mine. It's sure good to see you all. God bless you. The book of Luke, the 19th chapter. We want to look here in the 41st verse. Everybody love the Lord. Amen. amen. Luke 19. In verse 40, 41, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Isn't that a sad situation? For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee on every side. Notice this, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another. Now, one thing could have avoided all of this, and he said, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Had they recognized the time of their visitation, it would be a different reading in the previous verses. But they did not recognize the time of the visitation. Now, in the book of First Peter, the second chapter, I want to pull uh, one verse of scripture with you from there in first Peter, the second chapter and the 12th verse of Peter two in verse 12. Peter here says, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may buy your good works, which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. We ask the Lord this evening to add the blessing to the reading of his word as you can be seated here this afternoon. I want to, uh, on this Wednesday evening, for just a, a few moments, I want to speak to you here. And I want to draw our title and our thought from a prayer. Uh, Brother Branham prays in the uncertain sound. I want to read it to you. 1962, Spokane, Washington. He said, Heavenly Father, I pray the prayer for them with all my heart. I give them to you. He says, they're trophies of the message. They're trophies of your visitation. I want to speak tonight on trophies of his visitation. They're trophies of the message. They are trophies of your visitation. Being here tonight, seeing you walk among us doing works that has never been done since the foundation of the world until these last days. Here they are. They're your children. Now I commend them to you, Lord. You give them to us and we give them to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, watch over them and raise them up at the last day. I may never be able to shake their hands on this earth, but when the battle is over and the last trumpet is sounded and the dead 
dead has risen from the grave and the life has been called up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, then may I have fellowship with Jesus Christ and them around the throne and through the eternal ages to come. He says, grant it, Lord, they are yours in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I believe that's a powerful prayer that a prophet was praying over the church that you're not just church members. You're not just citizens of a state or citizens of a country, but you're actually, amen, trophies of something that is of a higher power. You're trophies of the message. You're trophies of thy visitation. Now, when you look at this word visitation, Webster says it is a special dispensation of divine favor or wrath. So a, a, a visitation is a special dispensation and it's either coming uh, upon whoever, let me put it this way, however you recognize it will depend on the effect it has upon you. If you, if you recognize it, it is a time of favor. If you don't recognize it, then there will be a time of wrath to follow. And that's what happened there in Luke, the 19th chapter. Amen. As Jesus told him, he said, listen, amen, the time will come and these things will happen. But because you did not recognize, amen, what was being done. Now your children will be laid in the ground within thee and the enemy will come past thee. Amen. But if you recognize, amen, the time of visitation, it will be a peace unto you. It'll be a, it'll be a special season of favor. Now, when you start looking at this word visitation, and the Bible, uh, the Bible actually speaks of visitation. In Job 10, verse 12, he says, Thou hast granted me life and favor, and thy visitation has preserved my spirit. How many, how many can say the visitation of God has preserved your spirit? Amen. Thy visitation has preserved my spirit. In Psalms 102, verse uh, uh, 13, he says, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her. Amen. Yea, the set time is come. So Zion, amen, is a type of the bride, right? Amen. And you are the bride of Jesus Christ. So the Bible here says, amen, that if you would actually go and look at God's calendar, there was a time, amen, that God would favor the bride. And he said, the set time, amen, is not coming and it not has been, amen, but the set time is now to favor her. Brother Abraham said, may the power, amen, reach down and pick up the people and shake them, Lord, and let them realize that this is the day of their visitation. This is the time, amen, that the Lord has said, this is the time of their healing. Now, amen, I, I love the way Brother Bram says that because it's not the time that a man has said. It's not the time that a church has said. It's not the time amen, that a preacher has thought, well, you know, now's a good time to go favor. Amen. But actually, before the foundation of the world, amen, the time was set by the Almighty God of a season that he would favor amen, the end time bride. And I'll say it to you like this, amen, that time is here. You say, well, amen, I'm too young or I'm too old, but according to a prophet every generation, amen, receives a visitation. Amen. The prophet of God said, we're thanking our kind heavenly father for this great visitation. Amen. In our generation that we're now living in, amen, to see these things come to pass. Amen. We're living in the time, amen, where we're not having to gather three times a week and talk about what God done. Amen. And we're not gathering to talk about what God's going to do. Amen. But actually we have a focus of what God is doing right here. Amen. We're not just gathering tonight to say, well, 50 years ago, amen, God delivered Rosella Griffin and 50 years from now, if God tarries is coming, he'll deliver somebody else. But actually, amen, we can turn our attention from the past and the future, amen, to the present and say what God done, amen, is what God's doing and what he's doing now is what he will continue to do until the changing of our bodies. Listen, I don't believe the church of the living God has got to live, amen, looking in a rear view mirror. I don't believe, amen, that the best days for this bride is by 
behind her. Amen. I believe they're right here upon her and I believe they're in front of her. Listen, you say, well, we've seen a lot of healings, but I propose, amen, we'll see more. Amen. Well, we've seen a lot of miracles, but I propose, amen, we'll see more miracles. Well, Brother Andrew, we've seen a lot of prayers answered for unbearing wombs. Amen. But I propose we'll see more prayers answered. Amen. Because this is the time. Amen. That God is not favoring the generation of Noah. He's not favoring the generation of Samson, but he's favoring the generation of this end time bride. Now, amen. I thank thee tonight, Holy Ghost, he said, for the visitation of him. Amen. Right here in this building. The Holy Ghost is right here in this building. He said, even here right now, and the very spirit, according to the word of God, which is infallible and cannot fail. Amen. The very spirit of God is infallible and it cannot fail. And it's in this building. He said, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave is right here in our midst now. Amen. The same spirit that raised our Lord, amen, from the grave is not in the grave in Jerusalem tonight. It's not in a tomb in Jeffersonville. It's not in a building in Jeffersonville. Amen. But the spirit of the Lord is in his word and his word is in his bride. Then I propose to you tonight amen that my God is not dead. Amen. My God is alive. He is well. He is still saving. He is still delivering. He is still healing. He is still breaking chains. He is still giving the Holy Ghost. He is still revealing himself. Listen, what he was is what he is and according to John it's what he shall always be amen the spirit of God is not dead it is right here in our midst now amen I'll say it to you like this if there's ever been a time amen now is the time somebody look at somebody next to you and say now is the time if there's ever been a time now is the time you say now is the time to do what preacher amen to realize the seriousness of the visitation of God amen I want to go on record tonight and say amen if there's ever been a time to preach this message. Amen. Right now is the time to do it. If there's ever been a time amen to enjoy the blessings of the Easter seal that has been released upon the church. Now's the time to do it. People say well someday we'll shout. Amen. Someday we'll dance. Someday we'll believe. I say well when are you going to do it if you're not going to do it now? Amen. We're not going to need healing in the millennium but we do need it here. We're not going to need deliverance in the millennium but we do need it here. So as long as we need it. Amen. God is a God that's supplied and there's going to be somebody that's going to enjoy it and they're going to raise up out of the condition. They're going to raise up out of the situation. They're going to raise up out of all the circumstances and realize that God has visited our generation. Amen. On this ear monitor, if you can turn it up and let me control it, be great. Amen. The gospel is being preached just like it was in the days of Noah. Now to the world is fanaticism. Our Holy Ghost gospel is fanaticism to the world. Amen. But it is glorious and welcome to those Amen. Who are willing to come into the ark of safety and the ark of safety is Christ. Amen. I'll say it to you like this. If there's ever been a time, amen, to get in this revival, now's the time to do it. Come on, church. If there's ever been a time, amen, to get in what a prophet taught, now's the time to do it. If there's ever been a time to turn your ears, amen, a deaf ear to everything contrary to the voice of the seventh angel, now's the time to do it. If you ever wanted to serve God, amen, now's the time to do it. If you ever wanted to rejoice in the glorious liberty wherewith Christ has set you free, now's the time to do it. If you ever wanted to break out in another dimension, amen, and believe God for the impossible, amen, now is the time. 
time to do it. If you ever wanted to see visions, now is the time to see it. If you ever wanted to see demons cast out, now's the time to cast them out. If you ever wanted to see the Holy Ghost, amen, change a sinner into a son and daughter of God, now's the time to do it. I tell you what, we want the devil sell us, amen, some idea about something coming in the future, but I refuse, amen, to miss one more blessing in the visitation of the Holy Ghost in the age I'm living in. Oh yeah, the ark of safety is Christ. Now, amen, now is the time of divine favor. Somebody say now. Amen, now. Thank you, brother. Now is the time of divine favor for the sons of God. I love what 1 John 3, 1 says. Behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us. Amen, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Amen, but beloved, now. Somebody say now. Now we are the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear. We shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. Amen. That little word now is a very powerful word. It means at this time. It means at the present time. It means now. Brother Bram said now is the hour. Now is the time. Now is the accepted hour. This is the acceptable year of the Lord. He said now is when healing is supposed to be. Somebody say now is when healing is supposed to be. Amen. Now is when miracles take place. Amen. Now is when Christ is revealing himself. Here we are now, not in the future. Amen. The devil keeps pushing it off and that's Catholicism. Amen. But now is the day. This is the hour. This is the time. Amen. This is the place right now. This is the day. I know there's a lot of critics and I just got to preach tonight. Amen. But how long are you going to let the critics, amen, talk you out of the greatest revival that has ever hit the face of the earth. Amen. How long you let the critics sit around and say, well, it shouldn't be here and it shouldn't be there. Amen. I got one question for you. Why not even in light tabernacle? Amen. Why not this young person? Amen. Why not this ministry? Why not our sisters? Why not? I'm a, why not? Amen. Give me one good reason. Why not? Amen. I'll tell you why you can't give me one good reason. It's because there's not an anointed good reason. There's an old critical good reason. Amen. But I'm not looking for critical reason. Amen. I'm looking for faith. Amen. And faith can break out in the heart of a believer right here in this church tonight and say, now is my miracle. Now is my healing. Now is my deliverance. Now is when my prodigal's coming home. Now is when I'll receive the answer to my question. Now is the time I'll receive the Holy Ghost. Now is the time I'll see the dead raised back to life. Now is the time. Oh, I want to climb up on the highest point and say, not tomorrow. And not yesterday, but right now we got a right, amen, to break out into another dimension with God. We put these things off in the future, amen, so long people can't even talk about it no more. But you're not crazy to believe it right now. Right now you are the sons of God. Remember said these things that we're seeing today, they couldn't happen 20 years ago. <laughs> These things you're seeing happen today, he said they couldn't happen 20 years ago, amen, or even 40 years ago, but it, today it happens because this is the hour. <laughs> this is the time. <laughs> This is the time it's fulfilled. Why? Because God promised it and here it is. Amen. So when you recognize that now is the time, now is the hour, now is the season, today is the day, 
and you are the generation receiving this visitation, then it'll open up a whole new meaning to you when I call you a trophy. The problem of God said at the end of the prayer of Token 1963, he said, if there be a seed anywhere that's predestinated, Lord, to hear the word of this last day, may they come now, amen, sweetly and humbly and lay their trophies down at the cross. Now he said, if there's a seed anywhere and they hear this word, he said, may they come. So they is a person, right? So here comes a person and they lay their trophies down at the cross. Now watch how he turns his and says, or their self as a trophy. So he no longer is calling it an object. Amen. But now the trophy has become you. Oh God. Now the trophy is no longer something that you are holding in your hand as a representation of a victory past or a victory future. Amen. But he said, may they come and as they're laying their trophies down, may they recognize that the trophy is not marble. Amen. It's not granite. It's not gold. Amen. But the trophy is the human. And may they lay themselves down as a trophy of the grace of God that's called them. And may they be filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh God, and display the token of the life of Jesus Christ in his resurrection as long as they remain here on the earth. I could preach on that quote for 30 minutes. Amen, because in one prayer, amen, Silas, he changed, amen, the trophy from being an object to being a person. Then he included the token. And then he said, may as long as they remain on the earth, may they be a trophy of the grace that called them, amen, out of darkness into this marvelous life. Listen, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. You don't have to go to heaven to be a trophy. You don't have to die to be a trophy. Amen. You don't have to wait till, till the by and by or the great hereafter. Amen. But according to a prophet, amen, you are to be a trophy as long as you remain on the earth. Amen. I believe that there's a bride who's not waiting to get to heaven in order to enjoy heaven. Amen. But she's enjoying heaven on the earth. Amen. Because the baptism of the Holy Ghost has brought a disp- has brought a deposit of heaven into your soul. Listen, friends, I don't think we got to wait until we get on the other side amen to shout and to rejoice amen but I believe right here on a Wednesday night while the word is being preached and the message is having preeminence I believe we got a right to shout I believe we got a right to rejoice come on church do you realize what you are you are the answer to the father's prayer you are the answer to our father's prayer when he stood up on the earth he said father let thy kingdom come he said let thy will be done amen we're on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, there would be a kingdom people who would be regenerated by the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the blood of Jesus and they would be manifesting heaven on earth. Listen, I believe somebody is going to manifest forgiveness here on the earth. I believe somebody is going to manifest the ability to live above sin right here on the earth. I do not believe these things are just in the future church. I believe your trophies of the grace of God that has called you. Now, a trophy has got to be displayed. Anybody, anybody ever got a trophy? Anybody, two of you, three of you, you ever got a trophy? You never took that trophy and hit it. But you wanted everybody to see it. 
come on now. Amen. You hung it on your wall. You come on. People even build what they call trophy showcases. Amen. Because they want everybody to see. Amen. Their trophy. I remember. I remember in high school. It was about my junior year. It was graduation and awards night. And they was giving out awards and trophies. And so they're sitting there passing them out. And here gets somebody up for 3.5 GPA. And here comes somebody for a 4.0. You know. And I'm just kind of sitting there saying, thank God for open book tests. You know. That's the only way I graduated. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. And then all of a sudden they call my name. And I said, well, I said, I don't know what I'd be getting a trophy for because them grades ain't testifying to them numbers. <laughs> and about that time they said, Andrew Glover, we award you with the trophy of Christian conduct. Now I know some people probably looked at me like I was crazy. Amen. But I shouted higher about that than I did about a 4.0. They say, well, why would you shout? Amen. Because I was thankful that somebody, amen, could see what Jesus Christ had done in my life and not acknowledge me, but acknowledge him. Amen. Where did the strength come from to get it? It come from Jesus Christ. Where did the grace come? Amen. To manifest a Christ-like character. It did not come from school. It did not come from education. It come from the baptism of the Holy Ghost that got in my soul as a 12-year-old boy in a room in Dry Creek, Louisiana. And it's never got out because it's Jesus. And he made me a trophy. I may not have much. I may not look like much. Amen. But in the eyes of my father, I am a trophy of the grace of Jesus Christ and it's called me out of darkness. It called me out of confusion. It called me out of the past. It called me out of scars. It called me out of destruction. I think it's time we let a lost and dying world see the trophies of almighty God. A trophy is something that ought to be displayed. Now, when you look at the word Webster, Webster's definition of trophy, it means something gained. It means something achieved or given in victory or conquest, especially when preserved or mounted as a memorial. It is a representation of such a memorial as on a medal. See, it is a game animal or a fish that is suitable for mounting as a trophy. Now, I love this part. It is usually used attributively. So actually what a trophy is, is a trophy is an expression or an expressed attribute of victory. A trophy is an expressed attribute of victory. Now the prophet said God's secret mystery he had before the world began. He said now in the back part of God's mind, he said there was something he was trying and was going to achieve. What is a trophy? It is something that is given, amen, in exchange for something that is achieved. Amen, he was going to try, he was going to achieve, and he had a motive in doing it in order to let himself be expressed because first there wasn't an atom, there wasn't a moon, a star, a molecule, anything, he was God. But he actually wasn't God at that time because God is an object of worship and there was nothing to worship him. So in his great mind, he wanted those attributes to be expressed. And in him was love. In him was to be a father. In him was to be a son. In him was to be a savior. In him was to be a healer. And all these great attributes we see already expressed, they were in God. Now you know the first thing created there, amen, in the mind of God was angels, right? Amen. And angels, what could they do? They could hear him say, I'm a father. And they would say, yes, you're a father. They could hear him say, I'm a savior. And they would say, yes, you're a savior. They could hear him say, I'm a healer. They would say, yes, you're a healer. Brother, Brother William, they could hear him say, I'm a deliverer. And they would repeat back to him, yes, you're a deliverer. Amen. But those angels had no clue what they were talking about. <laughs> 
they had no clue what they were talking about. Amen. Because they had never experienced what he was talking about. So they could, he could say, I'm a healer. And they could say, yes, you're a healer. He could say, I'm a deliverer. And they could say, yes, you're a deliverer. Amen. Can I go ahead and say it? Angels are not trophies. Amen. Of the attributes of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because they've never experienced. Amen. The powerful force that's in those attributes. Amen. But who has more power before God? Amen. An angel that has never sinned or a redeemed son and daughter of God. And according to a vindicated prophet, a redeemed son has more authority before God than an angel that's never known sin. Listen, the angels can agree by hearing it. Amen. But you can agree by experiencing it. Amen. And he can come through this building tonight and say, I'm a healer. And something in your heart will begin to scream out, yes, you're a healer. Amen. He can say, I'm a deliverer. And something in your heart, amen, will bring you to your feet. And you'll say, that's right, Papa God. You are a deliverer. Amen. Not because you delivered my friend. Amen. But because you delivered me. You can say, I am a, oh God, I'm a love. I'm a lover. And he can say, yes, Lord, you're a lover. Because you're my lover. You're the lover of my soul. You're the lover of my life. You're the lover of my family. Come on, church. Amen. You're not a bunch of weak, beat down somebodies. Amen. You're trophies of the divine attributes of Jesus Christ that has been released in this generation. You are trophies of his attributes. <laughs> Can you say amen? <laughs> and according to a prophet, you are nothing but the manifestation of the gene of life that was in God as a son of God. Now you are expressed after his word has come in you. Amen. To light up this age, you are expressing God's life in you because you are a son or a daughter of God. See, you are now made sitting in this church tonight because your duty is to express God to this nation, this people, this neighborhood where you associate and God before there was a foundation world knew you would be here. Oh God. Come on church when he would be doing things that had not been done since before the foundation of the world he was not hoping there would be somebody upon the earth to recognize it he was not hoping somebody would come stumbling along and brother Lemuel they'd say well he's worthy to be praised but he knew when he would begin to release this authority there would be a bride upon the earth who would be in position to acknowledge it amen to reverence and to receive it listen what is our fire our fire fire is not music. Amen. Our fire is not a certain preacher. Amen. Our fire is the word of God and the word of God has done more. Amen. Than light our feet to dance. It's done more than light our hands to clap. But the word of God has lit our souls. Come on church. I'm going to preach to you because the devil fights you every day just like he fights me. And the devil says, well, I can shout. And we can say, yeah, you can. The devil says, well, I can dance. And we say, yeah, you can. Amen. But I want to tell you there's one thing the devil can do that can't do that you can do. Amen. The devil can outquote me. He can outpreach me. He can outdance me. But I can live right and the devil can't. I can believe God and the devil can't. When I come up against an opposition and I don't know how I'm going to get around it, I don't know how I'm going to get over it, I can release myself and begin to praise God and he'll come on the scene and he'll make a way and I'll go right through it. You know why? Because the word of God has made a connection with my soul. The word of God has lit our souls. 
the word of God has come into us, has lit our souls. Now, amen, everything against you, I'm just going to serve notice on it tonight. Amen, brother, I'm said, now notice the thistles and the germs and all sickness and things will be completely taken away. All this existence that's in the earth now, man-made system, politics, sins, all kinds of evil spirits that the world is contaminated with and all the heavens above us in here contaminated with evil spirit. He said, and our bodies that we live in now was put on this earth when God created because you're out of the dust of the earth. It was all laid out here when God himself created. You were in his thinking and in him the great eternal was the thought which was an attribute. So all these things that's up on the earth, I just want to serve an eviction notice. You might as well enjoy Enjoy your stay, amen, because your deadline's coming to get out. I want to tell every disease you might enjoy your time while you can, amen, because your deadline's coming to get out. I want to tell every demon of cancer you might as well enjoy your span of time while you can, amen, because when there is no more cancer, amen, Ron Spencer will still be. When there is no more cancer, Erica Parker will still be. When there is no more cancer, our sister Wilson will still be. I'm on church. Well, we might as well preach it, young people. When there is no more bad habits, you'll still be. When there is no more depression you'll still be when there is no more suicidal devils you'll still be when there is no more church trouble brother Tim you'll still be come on church when there is no more high blood pressure low blood pressure sugar diabetes when there is no more contamination from the rim of hell there will be a bride who will still be standing you think we shout now you ain't seen nothing yet you just wait till the holy fire of Jehovah drops upon this earth It'll burn every pornography devil. It'll burn every anxiety devil. It'll burn every divorce devil. It'll burn every devil broken homes. Come on, church. Brother said, you think the earth shook the other day when that sick seal come open. He said, you just wait until the earth receives her holy fire. Fiery baptism. When there is no more devil, I'll still be. Well, I feel like shouting right there for a minute. When there is no more devil, I'll still be. When there is no more websites, I'll still be. When there is no more reprobates just picking and pulling apart this message, this message will still be. You know why? Because you're eternal with eternal. Now the prophet of God said the rock will blow it off. Now can I tell you how the devil, how much the devil is trying to withstand this fire? Can I tell you how powerful this fire is? Remember said in the future home, he said this fire that is coming up on the earth, he said it's going to renovate the earth. He said it's going to do the same thing to the earth that the holy fire did to your body. He said it changed you. He said the holy fire is going to change this earth. Now, you go read your Bible and you'll never read the name Jupiter in the Bible. You'll never read Pluto. You'll never read Neptune or Venus or Mars. You know why? Because Earth is the only planet that is mentioned in the book of redemption. (laughs) So the Earth has got to be redeemed in order for the trophies to live upon it. Come on, church. Amen. This earth is not going to be redeemed. Amen. For cancer to live upon it. Amen. Because cancer is not a trophy of God's visitation. This earth is not going to be redeemed. Amen. For brain bleeds to lead upon it. Amen. Because brain bleeds are not a trophy of God's visitation. Come on, church. This earth is not going to be redeemed for pornography devils. Amen. To still find houses to live in. Because this earth was not made to be a showcase of trophies for devils and unforgiveness and bitterness. Amen. But 
this earth was made to be the habitation of every holy thing and that old devil contaminated but I want to put notice on every devil in hell there's a fire on the way boy there's a fire on the way it's going to burn the Republicans off it's going to burn the Democrats off it's going to burn the liberals, conservatives independents, come on somebody it's going to clean this earth and you know what it's going to make clean for? for you because my Bible says the righteous will walk out on the ashes of the wicked and you are not a trophy for the demons of hell you are not a trophy for the spirit well I might as well preach since I'm here Hatton. you're not a trophy for depression you're not a trophy for cancer you're not a trophy for anxiety come on even light. you're not a trophy amen for every little critical voice that goes to the airways to say something you are a trophy of the blood of Jesus Christ you are a trophy of the revelation of Jesus Christ you are a trophy of a God who can take a nobody and make a somebody out of him I want to go ahead and tell that devil, amen, you're going to get this building someday, but as long as we're here, we're going to enjoy it. You look around and you say, well, one of these days I'm going to get it. That's exactly right. It'll be cannon fodder. Amen. But the people that's on the inside of it will be eternal trophies arriving safely back at the trophy showcase of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, oh my, I got to get out of that or I'll be there all night. Amen. But I want to tell you how powerful this fire is. It's coming. The prophet of God said it'll blow up everything. Are you ready? He said, even the water will ignite. Now, come on. When you see a fire, what's the first thing you think about? Go get some water. Because the water is going to put out. But whatever's in this fire. Oh, God. Whatever's in this fire, not even the water is going to be able to withstand it. Whatever's in this fire, when it strikes the water, it's going to explode the water. You know why? Because God's getting Mother Earth ready. Amen. For his bride to return upon as a sinless, spotless, amen, redeemed earth. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. He said, wait till the earth receives that baptism. He said, then you'll see it. Now, when Brother Ham speaks about these trophies in the message, I love it because he mainly refers, amen, to trophies in prayer. And Brother Ham said, when you go to prayer, he said, the first thing you do is you go to God with a worship and a thanksgiving, right? So when he's praying, he's actually worshiping God and giving God thanksgiving for trophies, which are not objects, but they're humans. He said like this, they're trophies of this meeting. They are trophies of the message. They are trophies of the presence of the Lord. They are trophies of the grace of God. They are trophies of the spirit of grace. They are trophies of this revival. They are trophies of Christ's love at Calvary. They are trophies of the gospel that has been preached. They're trophies of your word being made manifest, preached by the spirit of the Lord. They're trophies of the message, the evening light time. I love this one. They're trophies, amen, of the ministry of the seventh angel. So you're not just church members. You're not just fathers and mothers and husbands and wives and young boys and young girls. Amen. But you're actually trophies of the visitation of God in this generation. Now, when you start looking at this trophies, amen, then Brother Bram will connect these scriptures with trophies. He'll say it like this in John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. In John John 6 37 all that the father giveth me shall come to me and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out in John 10 28 I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish neither 
shall any man pluck them out of my hand. For my father which gave them me is greater than all, and the one and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Brother Bram said, All these are trophies that God has given to his son, Christ Jesus, by the power of his presence and the word of God. My, you are a trophy that God has been given, amen, by the power of his presence, by the power of his word, and by Jesus Christ. Then in other words, the message of the hour, amen, is a claiming message, amen, that has claimed you for a purpose. Can you say amen? The brother said, I claim them for you tonight, Jesus, as your own personal treasure, as gems in your crown, as members of your bride, I claim their lives. Now, you may say, what claims me? What, brother Hale, what claims me? Well, the prophet said, and may every child of God that's in hearing distance of here or either the tape shall strike. At the time I claim them for the kingdom of God, up on the basis of knowing this is the word that's being revealed. Then what's claiming you is not Brother Tim. It's not Brother Timothy. It's not these other men of God. What is claiming you is the word that's being revealed. Now come on church. If something claims you, then it's claimed you not on by accident, but it's claimed you on purpose. Amen. For a purpose and by a purpose. Can I say it to you like this? You were claimed to be a trophy. <laughs> the message did not claim you to be a debater. The message did not claim you to be a better quoter. The message did not claim you, amen, to be a better memorizer. Amen. The message claimed you, amen, to be a trophy of what it was doing in the generation that you were living in. In other words, God's trophies are living trophies. Somebody say, well, amen, everybody that's dead must be trophies. But according to Ephesians 2 and verse 5, even when we were dead in sin, have quickened us together with Christ by grace, ye are saved. Look at this word dead. It means spiritually dead. It means destitute of a life that recognizes and is devoted to God. People say, well, someday when I, when I, when I breathe my last breath and I go on to eternity, man, I'll be a trophy over there. But I believe there's going to be some believers that still got breath in their lungs. <laughs> Well, Brother Andrew, I don't know. Well, Brother Bram said, here is those who were dead and has been raised up. There is those who have been in accidents and were smashed up and they are healed. He said, I see Miss Wilson standing there. Not long ago, she was hemorrhaging to death with TB years ago. But here she is tonight. The doctors didn't just give her, but just hours to live. But here she stands tonight. And all around through here, lame, blind, crippled, in wheelchairs, everything. He said, they're standing tonight as living trophies. Why is it Jesus Christ is and he is the same yesterday today and forever come on church amen an angel has visited this generation and it was not some angel that was hatched out of some man's revival but it was the angel of the covenant it was the angel of the Lord that has returned to this generation come on church and we've got innumerable manifestations come on right come on right here in this message alone we've got innumerable manifestations of the supernatural visitation of the angel of God in the generation we're living. I say it's time to start picking up these testimonies and fighting back against that devil. I think it's time to quit letting testimonies pile up and just be memories and landmarks of what God done. I think it's time to pick up a testimony tonight and throw it back at that devil. I think it's time to pick up a testimony of a young person getting the Holy Ghost and throw it back at that lying devil that says God don't give the Holy Ghost. I think it's time... 
I think it's time to pick up a testimony of a lying devil that says God don't heal cancer and throw a witness at that devil. Well, it's the truth whether you want to believe it or not. There is more with us than there is with them. I said there's more brother Derek with us than there is with them and the prophet of God said I guess in the providences of Canada alone there was over 250 or maybe more than that cases of cross-eyed people with their eyes straightened and mutes innumerable to count them for there was multiplied scores of them that came some were deaf some were dumb some hard of hearing everything were made perfectly whole that's only done through the visitation of the angel the deaf only hear through the visitation of the angel the blind only see through the visitation of the angel oh God help me Lord the dead are only raised through the visitation of the angel amen you you get a breakthrough only because of the visitation of the angel now God gives forewarnings amen signs of his visitation in other words God does not show up unannounced But according to a prophet, he said, if the deaf don't hear and the dumb don't speak and the blind don't see and the cripples didn't walk, if prophecies of sin isn't foretold, the people and your sins from the time that he was a child foretold, then believe that this angel has come to me as a false and I'm false with it. Come on, if the deaf don't hear, the blind don't see, the dumb don't speak. He said, sins revealed, told from childhood things. If that's not fa- if that's false, then I'm false with it. He said, but if it manifests itself here on the platform, amen, before you, you believe it and repent of your sins and disbelieve for the hour of his visitation is drawing near. That's right. He only done those things to confirm his word. Then pray tell me, why was Jesus Christ, the son of God, amen, laying a foundation of John 14 12 before he even left the earth amen because there was a bride who was coming behind him that would do those greater works <laughs> he said greater works in this shall you do because I go to my father amen notice this greater works in this shall you do now brother Bram said can I, can I break this down for you he said Jesus in his ministry he said greater works in this shall you do he said now nothing could be any greater than what he did he said now what's happening there is it's the same thing he did he promised the church to do the same thing Jesus Christ did is what he promised the church to do only more of it than what he did so the only thing that changes is not the quality it's the quantity he stopped nature he raised the dead he spoke to nature Brother Daryl, he took a fish and bread and fed 5,000. Amen. What greater could be done than the creative power of Jesus Christ manifested in his son upon the earth? Amen. But in the end time, the same God that was back there is going to return to the church that's here. And it would not be a quality. It would be a quantity. So it would no, oh God, it would no longer just be in one man. It would be in a many-membered body universal, which would be fulfilled in John 14, 12. Now, I just got to preach my heart, amen, because man is not doing these things. Come on, have we, have we come so far removed from what a prophet said? The greatest prophet of our generation, the greatest ministry since Jesus Christ could stand on the earth and say, I was not the one that done it. I was only standing there when he done it. 
Come on, church. Amen. I just got to preach my heart to you. Amen. I've heard guys testify, and if I didn't know any better, I wouldn't think anybody in the building was there but them. Amen. Because everything's brought upon me. I wouldn't even know Jesus was there. Amen. But because there's a real body and there's a real bride, amen, every one of these brothers sitting here recognizes they don't have power, amen, in their physical body to release you from them demons of torment. Amen. But they recognize the angel of God is in the church, and if he is here, then every demon is subject. If he is here, every sickness and disease has lost its hold. Come on, church. It's not the man. It's the angel. Come on. You say, preacher, why do these guys get up and start song service and say, now clap your hands and say amen. Amen. Because the angel's here and he comes where he's invited, but he only stays where he's made welcome. And don't you think it's time, amen, to start entertaining the angel? You say, well, Brother Andrew, how do I entertain the angel? You got to wake up and forget about who's around you and forget about who's not here and forget about who didn't shake whose hand and who didn't invite who to whose party. Well, I feel like preaching. I might as well, hadn't I? Come on, church, and realize we're here for more than a social gathering. Amen. But the angel of the covenant has descended into the church in the last days to make good his divine promises. Somebody entertaining. I said, somebody entertain him. You say, well, preacher, how do I entertain him? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That ain't nothing but the truth. <laughs> i tell you how you entertain the angel. You don't make Brother Tim preach his guts out and then finally decide to say amen. But from the very first word go, you say amen. That's right. Come on, church. I, 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 I'm just going to preach here for a second. Can I preach? Amen. Your amen unlocks another dimension in these meetings. Come on. Brother Tim can spend 80 hours a week. He can sit in the room with the Bible and his computer and the tapes. Amen. And get every bit of manna and come this pulpit. And he can labor and labor and labor and labor. And I tell you what Brother Tim will do. He'll get it off his heart because he's not a hireling. He's a preacher. But if you want to see that gift go into another realm. Amen. Get off the nonsense before church and come in the house of God. And from the very first word go, say that's the truth. Speak to me, Lord. I entertain your presence and your amen will reach into that gift and will unlock the power of the Holy Ghost and it'll break out in the church and the word will discern situations. It'll change circumstances. I still believe in old fashioned Holy Ghost led son of God inspired preaching. I say we ought to open up the anointing. We ought to open up the channels. We ought to open up the atmosphere. You got to open it up. Well, I don't feel like it. You got to open it up anyhow. Well, I'm too tired. You don't think these men of God come out here sometimes and they're physically drained, but they get out here anyhow and they preach their heart out. You know why? Because they're doing it as a sacrifice of praise unto God. Well, I don't know how I got here, but I'm here. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes you got to sacrifice a little bit and get out of your comfort zone and acknowledge the presence of the angel. Your, unlock, your amen will unlock the supernatural. Now, well, Brother Andrew, we've seen enough. I don't think we have. I think there's more to see. Yeah, hello, testing one, two, it's still working. I think there's more to see. Well, Brother Andrew, we've seen miracles. I think there's more to see. 
Well, but then do we've seen God come in and bring prodigals home. I think there's more to come. Well, but Andrew, I think we've had enough revival. Well, I think you have, but I hadn't, so give me some more. Come on, church. I'm not a little fish that's just barely getting by. I am a rainbow. <laughs> I'm a rainbow trout. And you know what I need? I need that fresh manna. I need the waters of joy and the waters of salvation. Come on, friends. I know what we've done. Amen. We put God on the time clock and we got him down to about a 25, 30 minute song service and about an hour and a half sermon and then a few prayers and it's time to go. Amen. But do you know the greatest miracles I've seen is when people are willing to forget what time it is and remember. Remember, God is still God, and his word is still true, and his power is still here. Come on. You say, well, it's Wednesday night. Since when did God become limited to Sunday? My God can move on Monday. My God can move on Tuesday. My God can move on Thursday. My God can move on Friday. My God can move on Saturday. He's an on time, anytime, anywhere, God, because the word will defeat the devil anywhere, anytime, any place, under any condition. I have not forgot the God I'm serving. I'm still serving the Jehovah of miracles and the Jehovah of the old is the Jesus of the new and if he did it in Jesus he's going to do it in you if he did it in William Branham he's going to do it in Aaron if he did it in Paul he's going to do it in Tim and Timothy and Joel he's going to do it in Lemuel he's going to do it in Jay he's going to do it in Josh he's going to do it in Jude because he's God He's not limited. He's the unlimited God. Yeah, well, glory to God. Well, Brother Andrew, we've seen it, but we shall see more. Now, Brother, the Bible said, can I have a few more minutes here? The Bible said in John 21, 25, when they come down to the end of Jesus' ministry, they said there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself, are you reading what I'm reading? The world itself could not contain the books that should be written. But L, he's still on the earth. He's still here in a corporal body. And they're already saying what we've seen in this three and a half year ministry could not even be recorded in books. Brother Branham comes along and says, wish I could testify a little bit of the things I've seen happen. Just in the last few weeks, oh, what I could testify. You know, it was John that said, if Jesus done what be put in books, there wasn't enough books in the world to write him. Just what I've seen in my own ministry, seen him do, you couldn't pile them in volumes on this platform here. If I wrote it in the details, what I've seen him do just in my own ministry, seen him do. See, he had more success in my ministry than he did in his own. Now, remember he had more success now, not me, he had. Did you catch that word, Sister Debbie? Now. (laughs) Now he had more success in my ministry than he did his own. He said he had more success in Jeffersonville than he did in Nazareth. You say, why? Because he finally broke through here. He had more success right here than he did in Capernaum or Nazareth in that day. See, now notice this. He done it. Now, I never said I done it. See, no, because I didn't do it. I just didn't. Now, can I tell you what he did, though, to see him do what he did to have more success in his ministry than in his own? He said, I just loved him and submitted myself to him and said what he said. And the Holy Spirit went to the other people 
and they believed what he said, then he done the work. I just loved him. I just submitted myself to, oh, I feel like preaching. And I said what he said. And the Holy Spirit went to the other people and they believed what he said. Then he done the work. See, then in Luke 19, 1 Peter 2, he speaks of this day of visitation. So you've got to love him that is visiting. You've got to submit your heart to him that is visiting. See, it's the day of visitation. It's the hour of visitation. It's the time of visitation. Now the Bible is speaking here of the coming of the Messiah, which was the very presence of God himself. Now the Bible said in Luke 19 41, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying if thou hadst known, even thou at least in the day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemy shall cast a trench about thee, and compass thee round and keep thee on every side. Notice this because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Somebody say that word knewest. Thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Now you say, Brother Andrew, why are you drawing that point out? Because he only appears to those who are looking for him. He only appears to those who are looking for him. You say, who is he appearing to? He is not appearing to people, Brother Derek, based on who they are. (laughs) Oh, God. He's not, well, people say, well, bless God, I'm a message believer, so he's got to appear to me. Well, bless God, he don't. Come on. Well, brother, I tell you who my daddy is, he's got to appear to me. Well, I tell you who your daddy is, and he still don't have to. Because it's not, he's not appearing to you based on who you are. He's appearing to you based on what you will be. Come on, church. The Pharisees saw him. The Pharisees heard of him, and they remained Pharisees. They remained critical, indifferent, nitpicking, come on, decisive, tearing everything apart. Amen. His visitation did not change their condition. His visitation did not change their position. But can I tell you about one? She's called the woman at the well. The woman at the well said, I know that Messiah cometh, which is the called Christ. And when he has come, he will tell us all things. Do you know what that word know means? It means to have an interview with. It means to visit. So I know when Messiah comes, oh God, and I have an interview with Messiah and a visitation with him, it will change me. Jesus saith unto her, I am he that speak unto thee. Notice this. Brother Bram said, the woman at the well recognized her day by the sign of the Messiah. When she recognized her hour of visitation, she became a trophy of his visitation. Brother Bram said, if you receive him, to them he give power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So many of them missed him in that day. Don't you miss it in your day. Not me now, him. It's the day of his visitation. I'm just a poor substitute of anything, but it's him moving. It's him working. He just give me a way, a gift to yield myself to him and do these things for your benefit, not for mine, for yours, so it's for you. Listen, in other words, as many as recognized him and entertained his visitation to them, he changed their condition. Y'all remember the book of Genesis 18 when Abraham and Sarah sat in the tent, right? And here come the angel, right? And the Bible said Abraham kind of looked around and blinked his eyes, checked his phone, stretched a little bit, and said, well, maybe Sarah will get up and do something. Go somewhere. <laughs> it's not what my Bible reads. Brother Jimbo, my Bible says Abraham hastened 
into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal and knead it and make three cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran into the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it to a young man and he hastened to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. What did Abraham do? He recognized this is my hour of visitation. He was sitting in the tent door on a real hot day. He said there was a lot of complaints coming in lately by the herdsmen that the grass was all gone. The land was dried up and the cattle was becoming very thin. The water supply was just about all gone. You know, sometimes, amen, when things are going wrong, we know by nature that it's the darkest just before day. And many times when we see disaster things happen like that, especially to believers, we must bear this in our mind that it's Satan trying to block the blessing that's on the road. Can I just preach to you in the line? There's a blessing on its road. There's a blessing on its way. There's a blessing in the building. There's a miracle in the building. But you know what that old dirty devil does? That old slew foot creeps in and he tries to block the blessing. But if you can break beyond the temptation of the devil and recognize this is my hour. This is my time. This is my message. Now is the time for healing. Now is the time for miracles. Now is the time for the supernatural. Now is the time for jubilee. Now is the time for freedom. Now is the time for answers. Now is the time for miracles. Now is the time for signs and wonders. If you can break out of that old condition that you're in and recognize the time of visitation is upon you. Brother Prada God said, well, uh, boo devil, I'm going to preach it anyhow. He said, what happened was, can, can, I, can I drive this home to you? He said, Satan was trying to tempt him to feel they had done wrong. When Abraham and Sarah was fixing to receive a body change, oh God, that old devil showed up to tempt them that they had done wrong. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come in the house of God on a Wednesday night. Amen. Just come out of a good hot camp meeting. Man, power of God moving. Holy Ghost falling. Miracles taking place. Amen. And go home and start facing devils. Go home and start facing situations. And you know what happens? Amen. You'll come in here Wednesday night and that devil says, shout now. Dance now. Raise your hands now. You know you thought something wrong. You know you said something wrong. Well, I might as well preach that. Now, you know that's what the devil does. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to convince you that you've done something wrong. Because if he can convince you you've done something wrong, then you'll never acknowledge that the angel's in the building because you're afraid the angel's going to condemn you rather than forgive you. Amen. But there's a mighty angel and he's not controlled. Amen. By 16 elements of humanity. Amen. But he's a loving angel. He's a forgiven angel. And you know what I found? I found if you'll just start entertaining him, he'll whip that devil every time. If you'll just start praising him and giving him a little bit of worship. He'll bind the jaws of that old long tongue slew foot and will release a blessing upon you that they'll have to pack you out of the building to carry. Come on church I'm talking about a visitation of the mighty God in this generation. <laughs> now it's at the hour of visitation is when the hour of temptation comes. But the prod of God said that God has made a way of escape. Now the Bible says, but will also with the temptation also make a way of escape. Now watch this. Before a just God can pour out his judgment upon a people, he has to make a way of escape for everyone who desires to receive it. 
So before you got in the house of God, and old Slewfoot started talking to you, and you started entertaining his old long tongue line negativity and ignoring the angel, the angel already made a way for you to praise God. He already made a way for you to receive a miracle. He already made a way for you to receive a blessing. Come on, church. So you know what I challenge you to do? I challenge you to look at Slewfoot in the eye and say, shut up, and look at the angel and say, I want more. I want more of your love. I've heard enough of that old lying devil's negativity. I want to feel you again. I know it's Wednesday, and I know I failed you, but I want to feel your presence again. I want to feel your touch again. Lord, I need a brand new touch. I know I shouted on Thursday, and I ran the aisles on Friday, and I come home on fire on Sunday, but I fought some battles. I faced some hard times. God, I want to feel you again. Don't you ever let nobody put a cap on this revival. Oh, I know what they try to do. Well, I might as well preach that now. I know what they try to do. It's devils of intimidation. I feel it here, so I'm going to preach it right out of here. It's devils of intimidation. It's devils that tells you you've come too many times. You've been prayed for too many times. You've been through too many prayer lines. Brother Tim, can I, can I break into a, a secret part of my heart here? I've never even shared this before, but I remember as about an eight, nine-year-old boy. Hey, man, some of y'all probably remember on the videotapes in Happy Valley as a kid. You'd see me up at the altar for prayer. Hey, man, Wednesday night if I was there, Saturday night, Sunday morning, going up for prayer. Hey, man, somebody come to me. One time, they said, uh, uh, better be careful. They said like this. They said, why do you go up for prayer all the time? I said, because I'm praying for something special. They said, what are you praying for? I said, I'm praying for something special. They said, well, what do you keep going up there for? I said, because I'm praying for something special. Like somebody one time got around the altar and got to praying, and somebody come out and they said, well, that's a little loud up there. I couldn't understand the thing they were saying. I just looked at them and said, that's okay. They weren't talking to you. They weren't talking to you. They was talking to God. Maybe you ought to talk to him sometime. <laughs> well, preach, preacher. Thank you. I believe I will. I was praying for something. You know what I was praying for? I was praying to see my mom in the house of God. And you know what? I say, thank God I didn't let that old devil of intimidation, amen, to intimidate me, to sit back. You know what? Because today my mom's in church and she's serving God. You know what I say? I say it's time to draw our sword and cut every negative devil of intimidation's head off. You know what I say? If we want to have a prayer line, we'll have it. If we want to have an altar call, we'll have it. If we want to have a shout hallelujah time, we're going to have it. Because now is the time to have it. If we want to run the aisles, we're going to run the aisles. If we want to dance, we're going to dance. You know why? Because now is the time to do it. And for all you gangsayers out there, look here. If we're going to preach the message, we're going to preach it right now. Because now's the time to do it. Brother Tim, somebody is going to preach it and somebody's going to believe it and there's going to come a union between faith and the preaching of the word and it's going to transform you from the woman as a whale to a trophy hallelujah it's going to transform you from a condemned son to a redeemed son of God I'm not a crazy man I say don't quit I say don't quit well come on church well, I'm this close to it. Might as well preach that. Now, them same old people that want you to quit didn't want nobody to give up on them. Well, glory to God. 
I'm preaching for young people. Stay with me. They didn't want you to give up on you. Oh, no, have prayer services. Well, then why should we give up on these young people? People look at you like you're an idiot, like you go to youth camps and young people shout and don't have a clue that some ain't living right. I'm not stupid. I know that. But what about the ones that are? Well, you need to quieten them prayer lines down. You need to quit having so many prayer lines because it's just weakening faith. I know a prophet said that. Amen. But what about the ones that's getting faith stronger every time they go through? Come on, church. I still believe somebody goes through a prayer line 31 times, Sister Lydia. And on the 32nd time could be the night they step in their miracle. Well, it's here, so I might as well entertain it. I think it's time to let go and let God have his way. We're not here to be trophies of criticism. We're here to be trophies. Y'all know what I preached over in Oklahoma. Amen. The devil has come to its end. I'm going to preach on it here for a second. The devil has come to his end. You know what I told you? I feel like I just feel it on me, so I'm going to preach it, Brother Tim. you got to put your foot on that devil. You got to put your foot on that devil. You are a devil stomping, serpent bruising trophy of the visitation of Jesus Christ. <laughs> then you got to put your foot on that devil. I'm not going to read it to you. I'm just going to preach it to you. The Bible says in Genesis 3, amen, that the Messiah seed, amen, would bruise the head of the serpent, right? Who was stomping? Do that again. That felt pretty good. Amen. Amen. The serpent's head would be bruised by the, by, the, by the seed of the woman. And the Bible said that that devil would bruise its heel, would bruise his heel. And the Bible says in, in Luke, the 10th chapter, that I beheld Satan fall. And I'm going somewhere. I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Amen. You know what that word fall? means that word fall means come to its end so in other words Jesus said I saw Satan fall from heaven and I saw him come to his end and the very next verse the very next verse he connects the devil's end to your foot Lemuel, the very next verse, he connects the devil's end to your foot. And he says, I saw Satan, and I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. But behold, I give you power. What is that power to do? It's to tread on serpents and upon scorpions. Now, you want to go a little bit further? Let's go. That word tread means to crush. That word tread means to stomp on the devil's head. And when Jesus Christ defeated Satan that day at Calvary, he released the power in your body to go to your foot and put your foot on the devil's head. Now, I know what somebody's saying right now. You're saying, well, Brother Andrew, Brother Bram said we don't stomp a devil out. And you're exactly right. He did say that. But he also said 31 times that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is in this building. And he says, you got arthritis. He said, but Jesus Christ tells you about arthritis. He said, now go stomp on that devil's head. I told him over in Oklahoma, amen, devil stomping, amen, don't defeat a devil, but it sure gets a defeated one on their move a lot quicker. Brother Tim, I don't stomp on a devil to defeat him, but when he is defeated, y'all know what I'm telling y'all. Brother Mark, when he is defeated, I've got a right by the word to put my foot on the ground and let that devil know he's defeated. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, reigns in victory. 
Jesus reigns in victory. He reigns over depression. He reigns over suicide. He reigns over nervousness. He reigns over false doctrine. He reigns over up and down services. He reigns over every devil. Brother Timothy, you got your, you got your a stray animal around your property and you want to get rid of that thing, take your shotgun, put a little bit of lead in it. That thing might stand there and bark at you, but he's already defeated. The lead's already hit him. So while he's standing there barking, you know what you do? You say, get out of here. Get out of here. Well, Jesus Christ that day at Calvary put some lead in that big old devil called Lucifer and he's straying around here right now and he's daring somebody. Do something about it. But I say tonight, church, put your foot on the ground and say, get out of here. Depression, get out of here. Division, get out of here. Unbelief, get out of here. Negativity, get out of here. Put your foot on that devil. You know what we need to do? We need to bring some good old-fashioned foot-stomping religion back in the house of God. Ain't nothing wrong, brother. We're standing up and stomping on a defeated devil. I can take it a little bit further if that's okay. I found out God don't just heal natural arthritis. He also heals spiritual arthritis. Young people that heard some of this, but I feel it here, so I'm going to preach it. And you know what I found, Brother Tim? I found we got a lot of spiritual arthritis in the church. You know what spiritual arthritis is? It's the stiffening and the less movement of joints as more age creeps on it. In other words, the more age you get, the more stiffer you get. I found out we got some people, amen, that's got arthritis in their hands. They can't shake hands with certain people no more because they got arthritis and they've seen too many faults in them and they've seen too many mistakes and they've seen too many failures so their hand can't shake hands with them no more. You ain't got nothing but spiritual arthritis. Well, it feels good in here, don't it? That devil's on the run. You know what else I found? I found out people got spiritual arthritis in their arm. They can't, brothers can't hug their brothers no more. And sisters can't hug their sisters no more. Because 20 years ago, somebody done somebody wrong. And they're still holding. And they've let 20 years of spiritual arthritis build up in their hand and in their arm. <laughs> then you know what else I found, Sister Lena? I found out some people got it in their shoulders. When the songs are sung no more, they can't raise their hands no more because they got enough revelation through the years that it's too Pentecostal to raise their hands. Well, I might as well keep on going. I found out some people got some spiritual arthritis in their knees. They used to stand up when the preacher was preaching, but now they complain because everybody in front of them is standing up. You got spiritual arthritis. You know where else I found they got it? They got it in their ankles. You know what? They can't dance no more. They can't shout no more. They got so many years of sitting in a pew on them that they can't enjoy the blessings of the visitation of the angel of God. But you know what? If I didn't do nothing else when I come here but this, I'm going to do it. In the name of Jesus Christ, spiritual arthritis is defeated in the house of God. It leaves your hands. It leaves your shoulders. It leaves your knees. It leaves your foot. Come on, Jackson, put your foot on it with me. Amen. Put your foot on that devil. That devil is defeated. I think it's somebody reminding me he's defeated. Remind that devil he's defeated. He's underneath you. Well, Brother Andrew, I don't know. I know. You know how come I know? Because I recognize the visitation of the angel in the age I'm living in. Now, I'm just going to say it because I'm going to say it or I'm going to bust. 
Brother Bram said like this. He said, I challenge you to stomp on every imaginary devil. He said, stomp on that unreasonable thought. That is prophetic. That, brother, that is prophetic instruction. He is instructing you to put every imaginary thought under your foot and stomp on it. You say, Brother Andrew, imaginary thought. Oh, yeah, I'm picking them up right now by the word. Amen. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Amen. I don't fit in the youth group. I don't fit in the adults. Brother Tim don't have time for me. Brother Aaron ignored me. Timothy ain't called me in two weeks. Joe don't like me. Amen. That's an unreasonable imaginary thought from the pits of hell. You know what? you need to do put your foot on that devil put your foot on that devil that's a devil trying to get you out of the house of God that's a devil trying to talk you out of the blessings well come on church that's a lying devil but it's time put your foot on that devil come on Aaron show us how it's done put your foot on that devil come on brother Timothy come on brother Tim come on brother Joe put your foot on that devil Jay Come on, Ann, you might as well put your foot on that devil, Rebecca. It's an unreasonable, imaginary thought from the pits of hell. Put your foot on it. I think somebody open them doors and let that defeated devil out of the building. That devil is defeated. I think we ought to show him the exit sign. Get out of here, devil. We're not a bunch of trophies of bitterness. We're not a bunch of trophies of criticalness and unforgiveness. We're trophies of the visitation. Now I can take you to the book of Esther, the seventh chapter, and the Bible says that Haman had plans. I got in this the other day. Haman had plans. He had plans to spool and to root out, amen, the Jewish people. But the Bible says that Mordecai and Esther, amen, fooled the devil's plans. I think I preached that here years ago when God cancels the devil's plans. Are you hearing me? Mordecai and Esther, amen, fooled the devil and they foiled his plans. Haman's plans fell right in front of him. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says they hung Haman in the gallows. Now, if you get to studying something, I found this, Brother Tim, I about had a running fit. You get to studying that, it was called the Feast of Purim, which in the Feast of Purim thousands of years ago was a lot more pure than it is today. It was actually a worship. You look at Purim today and it's just a big, it, I probably said compared to your Mardi Gras, it's just a big, old, a big old conglomeration of everything. But back then, they had a day of feast, a feast of freedom. They had a day of joy, a day of celebration. And you know what it was to do? It was to remind one person he was defeated and his name was Haman. You know what they did? Oh, I'm about to punch a devil square in the face. You know what they did? Every time Haman's name was mentioned, they made noise. <laughs> you know why they made noise? Because the more noise, the louder it would be and the less echo of Haman's name would go through the feast. But I found something, Brother Jay, because the people they wanted there the most, you know who they wanted there the most? Was the kids. They invited the kids the most. You know why? Because they was good at making noise. <sighs> well, give me some preaching room right here. I know we got a bunch of people that's getting a little bit aggravated. Our kids making noise. Amen. But I might as well go ahead and say it. Jesus Christ invited them to be at this feast because their enemy, Haman, is dead. And we're going to make so much noise with this message and with the promises of God and with the praises under Jehovah. 
Well, glory to God. Come on, musicians. I'm done. Amen. But you know, the next thing they done was they took the name Haman and they wrote the name Haman on their foot. And every time they heard the faintest mention of the name Haman, they just stomped. They just stomped a little bit. You know what? They could be standing there talking to you and you're just having a conversation. And out of nowhere, Brother Tim just kind of stomped their foot. And then they say, well, I didn't hear it. It didn't matter if you heard or not. I heard it. And that devil's lost his power over my life. This ain't a universal praise. This ain't everybody in the church praising. You can be here on a Wednesday night and Brother Tim or Brother Timothy or one of these men of God be preaching and everybody's sitting around you sleeping and you can just stand up and start stomping your foot because you've heard the word of the Lord. Your enemy is dead. Haman is dead. You think I shout now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You think I dance now, you ain't seen nothing yet. You know why? Because when I leave this earth by the way of a resurrection or by the way of a rapture, I'm not leaving my dance here. I'm taking it with me. Because I got over there reading the other day, Brother Jude, in the book of Revelation, the 20th chapter, and the Bible says the devil was cast down and a lid was put over that devil and he was bound with a chain of circumstance. And you know what I did, Brother Timothy? Right there, I made an appointment with the devil. I said, you think I've danced. You ain't seen nothing yet. You just wait till Jesus Christ lets me get a spot on that lid. That old devil's underneath it. You think I'm going to dance down here? I'm going to shout and I'm going to rejoice because my enemy is locked up and I'm free. I'm free in the presence of God. I recognize my day. I recognize its message. I recognize the angel. I recognize the anointing. I recognize the absolute. I recognize the voice of the seventh angel and by the word and the presence of Jesus Christ. The devil's back in his place. He's under your foot. Now, I said to you like this, you're trophy stompers. You're stomping trophies. Because everything the devil's tried to use over you, you're stomping over him. Now, somebody asked me one time, they said, Brother Andrew, how in the world... Are you going to place these trophies? I don't have time to read it to you, but I do have time to preach it to you real quick. The way I'm going to place these trophies is the rapture is the gathering of the trophies. You can go down there at the end of the message, and Brother Bramish says, in that day, he said, the people sitting there, he said, they won't be hybrid plants. He said, they'll be real Christians. He said, they won't have to be padded and babied and given a position to be a part of the church. He said, they're rugged Christians. Brother Tim, I love these words he used. He said they got trophy scars. Now, we got any hunters in here tonight? Any deer hunters? Now, you've yet to kill a deer. Mount it on your wall and take somebody in there and show it to them and not tell them the story behind it. I got to place these things in your heart before I leave. You've yet to go through there and say, look, that's just a little deer I killed. 
Brother Sam, they start talking about how they got up two weeks before and went out to the truck and went to the trail cam and spilled their coffee and got back inside, changed their clothes and sighted their gun in, checked their bow. I mean, they'll tell you everything. How they started up the tree stand, dropped their backpack, had to get... And you're like, man, alive. I just wanted to see the trophy, you know. The brother Tim, there's something about the story. There's something about the story behind the trophy. Brother Derek's been just walking through and saying, well, I killed that one there and there's a trophy there. And there. But you say, I fought after that one for a long time. And that one right there, I accidentally almost got caught trespassing. But I had because the struggle is what makes it the trophy. I got to thinking about something, Brother Joe. One of these days, God is going to transform, transfer this bride from the Hall of Critics to the Hall of Fame. And when he transfers this bride from the Hall of Critics to the Hall of Fame, he's going to put you in his trophy showroom. And somebody's going to want to see you. So for all these years, the angels have been saying to him, why is it that our amens and our yes, you are a healer and our yes, you're a savior and our yes, you're a liver, Why do they not mean as much to you as it does when brother Tim gets down there behind that pulpit on Sunday? Why can I sit here and scream at you, Lord? You're a healer, you're a deliverer and you accept it. But when you see that crazy preacher down there preaching on Sunday morning, something in your heart swells up and you just can't contain it. And a big old smile comes on your face. And say, just, just come follow me. Let's go. Let's go through the show crew. Who's that? Well, on earth they called him Paul. He was a church age messenger. He was shipwrecked. He was put in prison. They handcuffed him and threw him in a jail cell. And he sang his way out of it. He was preaching a meeting for me one time and the law got after him and he jumped out of a window and ran down and got out of town, but he stayed faithful. That's my trophy, Paul. <laughs> well, well, who's that one beside him? Oh, that one, his name's William Marion Branham. On earth, he was my seventh angel. He lost his wife, lost his baby, was suicidal, went through all kinds of troubles, rejected, thrown out of pulpits. <laughs> But he stayed faithful to my name. Wow. Who's, who's that one there? Oh, on earth they called him Tim Pruitt. Who's that lady standing next to him? On earth she was called Sister Karen. Who's all them kids? Them was his kids. Well, what's their story? He was born a little crippled child, but he got in my word and he got in them books and he got in them tapes and he would only say what a prophet said. <laughs> Lord, what's all them scars on him? Because he stood for the gospel on earth. Them aren't scars of preachers. Them are trophy scars. What's that one big scar there? That big scar there, that's when the devil come in and afflicted his little wife. But they didn't win. That devil didn't win. I got the victory of him. And now they stand here redeemed. Who's all them there? Them's all his kids. They fought battles, but they're here. Yeah. Lord, who's that? Well, that's Joe Adams. Yeah. 
Are you hearing me? He was rejected. He was on his road to hell, but I got a hold of him. And the word got in him, and he got in the word. And he recognized I sent a message in the age he was living in. And he started studying it, and he started preaching it, and he started declaring war on hell. You see all them scars on him? That's all them scars for them long nights of prayer with all them young people around the altar. But he wouldn't give up. And he kept on praying. And he kept on preaching. Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Who's that one standing there? Oh, on earth, his name was Hell. Who's them standing with him? That's his wife and his kids. What's their story, Lord? Amen. God went over in the middle of nowhere and got a hold of them and changed their life and changed their vision and changed their focus. Revealed the message to them. Pulled them out of Mississippi into a Holy Ghost-filled church and they served me on earth with everything within me. What's that one's name? His name is Silas. He was a young man living over in Oklahoma. He was running from God, but he went to a meeting one night, and the Holy Ghost got a hold of him and changed him from the inside out, and he ain't never been the same. Well, what's their name, Lord? That's Derek and Debbie Paris, and that's all their children next to him. They were serving. They were serving me. In difficulties, they serve me. In easy times, they serve. Come on, I could go through this building right here. Well, what's their names? Their names is Aaron and Lydia. What did they do, Lord? Amen. They give up everything, and they started traveling to preach this gospel you see my son Aaron there there was times he walked in the pulpit sick in his body but he stood there and he preached the healing power of Jesus Christ because he recognized now is the time for healing to be preached Who's that one, Lord? His name was Lemuel. On earth, he was a young man. He fought devils. He fought hard times. Devil tried to tell him he couldn't live it, but I got a hold of him one night, and I changed him from the inside out, and he's a devil stalker. What's their names, Lord? Their names is Andrew. Their names is the Tushner family. Amen. What's their story? Amen. They wanted a child. Amen. They went through a prayer line. They went through prayer line after prayer line. And one night, Jesus Christ. Amen. Myself. Amen. Give him a child. Well, I might as well say it. What's your story? What about it, Jessica? Are you hearing me? What's your story? Well, what's their name? On earth, their name was David and Elena Butts. Really, what did they do for you, Lord? Amen. Well, he was a deacon in the church. Amen. But she was a woman of faith. She was a woman of faith. Yeah, she faithfully served me. And one day she went to, I'm so all over me, Brother Tim. I got to quit. One day she went to a doctor and the doctor said she was eating up with cancer. Oh, Lord, that must have knocked the wind out of her. No, actually it put it in her. Because a few weeks later, she was in a Holy Ghost-filled service while that trophy over there was preaching about God doing extreme things in an extreme way. And she recognized that if he did it back then, he was still doing exploits today. And she stepped out of her aisle and she started dancing through the building and the very next day angels the cancer was gone oh church of the living God you're a church and you're full of trophies what about it Luke amen you're not just a young man you're a trophy of the visitation of the angel don't you let no devil intimidate you 
There's books to be written about this bride. But I say this, they might not even, there's no need to start writing it. Because ain't going to be nobody here to read it. We're on our way out of here. <laughs> Trophies. What about it, Brother Tim? Trophies of his visitation. Well, we might as well preach it. The anointing's here. Brother Andrew, why would you lift all these people up? Oh, you're badly mistaken. It's not the person. It's the testimony of the life of Godly expressed on the earth. Lord, could you tell us about could you tell us about that one right there? Oh yeah. That one right there. On earth they called him Jeff and they called her Esther. But one night in the meeting they got a promise they was going to have a child and they fought them devils for a long time. But they held on to the miracle because the miracle's coming. Not a crazy man. They held on to the miracle because the miracle is coming. Listen, I could go through all this, through this building right now. What about Elijah? On earth they called him Eli, but he was a young man running from God. God got a hold of him and changed his life. In a meeting one night at an altar, God changed him. That's a trophy of my overcoming power. <laughs> What about it, Bethany? What about it, Michael? Hey, then there are my trophies on the earth. Listen, friends. The stories could be told here tonight of every one of us. What are you saying? I'm saying don't give in and don't give up. And don't let no devil intimidate you. You're a trophy of his visitation. I want you to bow your hearts with us tonight. You say, Brother Andrew, how can you go this far out into these trophy showcases? Because it's God's amazing grace that's wrote every story behind every trophy that's in this church. Prophet of God said the angels are waiting breathlessly for your arrival. He said, the gates are hung and the doors are hinged. He said, and the angels wait for you to come walking in. If I could leave you at this tonight, church, don't let no devil intimidate you. Keep letting the story, keep letting the trophy story be wrote. Because over there, we're going to have one day as a thousand years. And these angels that never could understand these kind of services you were having here on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings are going to have to walk down to the trophy room with Jesus as he tells the trophies stories about every overcomer. But there'll be one here tonight could say, Lord, give me the strength. 
Give me the grace. Give me the grace to keep walking. Give me the grace to keep living. I know sometimes it may look like my story won't ever be wrote. But give me the grace, Lord. You may be sitting here and saying, Brother Andrew, I don't have a, I don't have a real deep story. I don't have a real great story. Just your being here tonight is a story of the trophy grace of Almighty God. God bless you. Hands up all over the building. Heavenly Father, Lord, into thy hands we commend our spirits, Lord. Father, these are not my people. These are your trophies, Lord. Lord, I could go through this building, Lord, and I could begin to speak about different believers around the world tonight, Lord. And Lord, I know how sometimes Satan works. He wants us to get our minds on just the individual. But Lord, it's not the individual. It's the trophy story. It's the trophy scars. Lord, as I sat studying the other day and the Spirit just come by my heart. Lord, I got to thinking about how that we live in a generation where the kids can be a part of a sports team or something and they may never get off the bench one time to play one, one play. They may, never, they may never dirty their uniform one time, but at the end of the season, they all get a trophy because it's called participation trophies. So, Lord, they got a participation trophy just because they showed up. The man never broke a sweat. The man never done one thing, put forth one ounce of effort. But they got a trophy just because they showed up. But, Lord, I got to thinking about this bride. She's not a participation trophy. She's broke the sweat, Lord. She's drawn her sword. She's fighting against 200,000, thousand devils. She's standing for you, Lord. She's an overcomer. And Lord, if there be one here tonight, it's the devil's intimidating them. Give up. Quit going. Quit pressing. Quit pecking against that shell. Quit peeping your way out of there. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. Take your leave from the believers of Jesus Christ. The sons and daughters of God, take your leave, Satan. Silence your voice of discouragement, your voice of intimidation. And let the courage and the strength and the grace of God, let it cover these lives. And Lord, some morning between six and nine, we'll meet each other in the trophy room. Hallelujah. Trophies of your grace. Bless your children here tonight, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mercy rewrote my life. God bless you tonight, friends. God bless you. Let his mercy rewrite your life tonight.
Yeah. 